Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. I'm also the author of The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. Really? I know. You didn't know that. (laughs) It's a fairly new book that's out. Wow. Man, you've been holding that back. I know. All right. New new learning, the new revelations on the 30-minute hour. Yeah, that's great. All right. So also joining me is Ted Fells. He is the business strategist extraordinaire and yeah. all-around good guy. Yeah, as always, it's uh, great to great to be here. But I'm I'm feeling some kind of way though, Eric. Some kind of way. Well, you know, it's it's football season. Yes, it is. You know, our beloved Redskins have been on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> They're on a roll. Not a good roll. They're rolling in the other direction. They're rolling in the other direction. 0-2. Oh, and, uh-huh. and we lost to the hated Dallas Cowboys. Yes, we did. That's painful. So so here's the thing, Ted. For me, it really wasn't painful. Okay. It's like, and, and several of my other friends were at this point, too, where we've kind of emotionally detached mm. from the organization. Okay. To save ourselves some pain. Further pain and anguish. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that way, if they win, we're like pleasantly surprised. And, yeah. But if they lose, it's kind of what we expected. What you kind of expected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a way to, to look at it, man. But I'm telling you, man, it's just never it's just never a good, good, uh, good start of the week for them to lose, especially losing to the Cowboys. But like you said, it is what it is. And the good news is we've got the Bears coming up on Monday night. Wonderful. <laughs> but let me tell you, it gets better. In a couple weeks, we got the Patriots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now that right there, yeah, save your money. Yeah. If you got something to do, something else you want to do that day, I, think I suggest you do it. Don't don't waste that much of your life watching that game because I don't think it's going to look. It's not going to be very good at all. So, you know, my, my glass is always half full. So, if we look at the bright side, yeah. we could be the Miami Dolphins, right? Yeah. yeah. At least we're not that bad. Well, how bad did the Pages beat the Miami Dolphins? 43 to nothing. We may be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> we may be that bad. But enough of that. Yeah, enough of that. Yeah. Enough of that. So, as you know, I've, I've got something on my mind. Okay, okay. What you got on your mind there? So, this week, I want to talk about Pivoting towards your passion. Mm. And, and as I, our guest is coming up, and I, I was looking at her background and how she got to this point, and it got me thinking about some of my experiences. So back in the day, I was a district manager in automotive. Mm-hmm. I had 17 locations. We did $50 million in volume. I had 500 people working for me. Mm-hmm. We were setting records. We had great performance. My district had just won an award for being the top performing district in the company. Wow. So I'm driving in my BMW at the time. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. So I thought, so I remember this. I'll always remember this as clear as day. I I stop at the light Uh and and I look up in the rear view mirror, and the eyes looking back at me were eyes of someone who hated what they were doing. Wow. 
someone was in a car with you looking in your rearview mirror. That <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't someone else in the car, Ted. <laughs> it, it was actually my eyes. Okay. I should probably clarify that. Okay. But on the outside, I looked successful, mm. and everybody was giving me kudos. But I felt like there was something missing. Okay. I felt like there, there was something more. But for three years, I didn't do anything. Mm. I just kept feeling that way. I, I, I was spinning my wheels. I was going through the motions. I felt like, you know, I had this passion for public speaking. And mm. whenever I would do training sessions, that's when I would get jazzed up when I'm talking to people. Mm. But I never did anything about it. Mm. You know, those, those thoughts come up to your mind like, well, okay, who's going to pay me to come and talk to them and what am I going to say that hasn't been said already and all, all of these thoughts of doubt. I didn't move. I, I didn't have everything mapped out. Mm. So I, I didn't take the next step. So here's what I had to do. I didn't make any real progress until I focused on the pivot. Mm. Okay. I had to focus on the pivot, Ted. Okay. I know you're wondering, what in the world is the pivot? Yeah. So I, I had to take a small turn in the direction of my passion. Right. I, I was focused on my issue, but I just had to take a small turn in the direction of my passion. And then once I did that, I just focused on the next step. Okay. Yeah, my, my next step was joining Toastmasters. Okay. So I just finally, I got off of my butt and I said, look, I'm just going to, I know I like to speak. This group, they speak. So I'm going to take that next step. And then the steps just kept, when I got to one step, I found out, hey, there's, here's someone that trains a professional speaker. So I took that next step. And all of those steps led to where I am right now. Hmm. Sitting right beside me. Sitting beside you. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so think about that, Ted. If I didn't pivot, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Amazing. We, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? We wouldn't be doing this <laughs> podcast. Wow. So here's the thing. I know we have listeners that are in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. You know, they're working in the government, but they feel a passion for taking pictures. Mm. And they may thinking through, well, you know, okay, there's a lot of photographers out there, blah, 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 blah. Or, or maybe they're working another job. They're in a cubicle, but they feel a passion for real estate. Mm. Uh, there's a million real estate people. What am I going to do? How am I going to make an impact? Blah, 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 blah. Right. The takeaway is just pivot. Yeah. Focus. Turn in that direction. And what's a small step that you can take to get there? Mm. So, I mean, you were in the federal government, right? Right, right. You were a government worker. You knew you wanted to start your own thing. Mm. So, I mean, so, I mean, what did you do? What, what was your process like to get to where you are now? What did I do? Um, first, it started with me just talking to people that were already doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, yep. I met with, I met with, uh, I met with several uh, uh, business owners, and of those business owners that you know had companies that were doing well. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I asked them how did they get started? What did they What did they do? Okay. And and I used that as a uh, as a way for me to be able to uh, to kind of come up with a checklist. Okay. So so you started talking to people, and then from there you came up with a checklist. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I figured if you talk to you know a couple different people and you and see how they got started and some of the you know challenges that they've gone through and how they've addressed it. You'll see some commonalities between those individuals. And then you can come up with, hey, here's like this, you know, maybe a 10-step process mm-hmm. to kind of get this uh to kind of get this going. Okay. And so, yeah, that's what uh that's what I did. Okay. Excellent. So so the big takeaway is, is you don't have to have it all figured out. 
You don't have to quit your day job. Just focus on the pivot. Just turn in the direction of what it is that you want to do, of what it is you're passionate about, and, and what's a small step. And all of these, the little steps count. So talking to someone that's in photography counts. Talking to someone who's a real estate broker counts. Talking to someone who's an author, that, that's a key step. But you have to focus on the pivot. Pivot towards your passion. No, I think that's, yeah. That definitely is. You got. You have to make some moves. Right. right. I mean, you can't just, you know, think that, hey, it's going to just happen for me. Right. right? You got to make some moves. Like you said, you got to pivot. And I think, yeah, I think that, that that's, I think everyone has that, <clears throat> that pivot moment. Right. Right. Where they just say, you know what, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. And then just, and the hardest part is just getting started. Right. Right. Because then... I tell people all the time the easiest thing to do in the world, the easiest thing in the world to do is to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you don't have to do anything yep. to do nothing, right? The easiest thing to do is nothing. Right. So that's that's tweetable. All right. That's tweetable. That's tweetable. That's one, another one of those things that I'm going to tweet and that's say, right. it's like I always say, that's right. the easiest thing. That's it. That's <laughs> it. It doesn't take much to do that. So, but once you, you make that pivot and you get started, then you're not going to want to stop, right? Right. You know, you're not going to want to go back to that place. So, because I mean, you get to build momentum because when you take one step, you get information that leads to the next step. Yeah. But when you're just sitting there, you don't see that. Right. Like you didn't see the, you know, the guy giving you that information that allowed you to build the checklist. That's right. And then you got the checklist. You took the next step, and yeah. now here you are, this big time CEO. Yeah. So now that that's the takeaway: the pivot towards your passion. And our guest, she did just that. She's a pivot, a pivoter. She's a pivoter. That, that's right. her official title. What's I call her? The pivoter. The pivoter. That's right. That's right. So she's an author. Okay. She wrote a book. It's called Harper Counts Her Blessings. Mm. Is this book right here that I have in my hand right now? Okay. Uh, she's a, an accomplished attorney and a public policy strategist as well she is somebody she is somebody absolutely and so she's got experience in public private and non-profit healthcare organizations her work has appeared in a number of different publications to include cnn.com the washington informer and the washington parent so please join me in welcoming Christy Guillory Reed to the 30 minute hour. <sighs> Christy, Christy. How do you like the drum roll? Oh, yeah, the drum roll is a new thing. something different, yeah, right? Yeah, you've never done that before. Oh, man. Wow, that's. Just for Christy. Special. I feel really special. That's right. With special... <laughs> and I've got a new nickname now Christy the Pivoter. That's Guillory. it. That's it. That's it. How you doing? I am doing so good. I'm excited to talk about my journey, but I already feel I've learned so much in just listening to the two of you, learning a little bit more about you as I'm sitting here thinking about how I can be of service to someone and telling them about my journey. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming. Yeah, I mean, let's get started. So you completed your undergraduate studies at Loyola University in New Orleans with a degree in political science. You got your master's degree from Carnegie Mellon in public policy. You went on to get a law degree from Duke University. 
So t- when did writing become a part of your career plan? Well, I obviously like learning, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and I like books. Yeah. But for me, you know, I don't think it was ever intentional. Writing was always around me. It's something that I enjoyed doing. It was just part of who I am. I really, before the law, the law stuff came up, I actually, when I was at Loyola, one reason I chose Loyola, I was interested in broadcast journalism. I wanted to be a reporter. And I think just the more, you know, um, I got involved, you know, my interest started to move other places. And then I just thought, there is no way, you know, I'm from Louisiana, I can see myself in the midst of a hurricane, reporting on television. <laughs> it's a little unsafe. I said I might need to find something else to do, but the, but it was still important for to train me with my writing. It helped to refine it. But I always like writing. I think one day, one time, a couple years ago, when I went home to visit family, I found one of the first things that I wrote in college, and it was it was titled. And it, of course, you know, my writing was not is what it is now. But it was it was like I was interviewing people. I was part of the Black Student Union. It was kind of like what it means to be a black student at Loyola. Not exactly the most creative title, but I wrote it. You know, I was like, you know, thinking to myself, you've come a long way from, you know, from this. But it was always writing. I didn't, I feel like writing kind of found me. Hmm. I didn't find it. Hmm. So it's something that was always around. And I think I kept choosing jobs and, of course, ultimately a profession where I do it all day, where someone would think I'd be tired of it you know, in a personal level, but professionally, you know, I, that is really, even today, I spent most of my day writing, you know, but I, you know, we'll talk about the book, you know, in a second, but it was never anything that I intentionally did. I think sometimes that life kind of shows you early on, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that will happen for you, the things that are meant for you. So I think this was just an extension of something that was kind of part of me. Okay. So if if you could go back in time to when you were a 19-year-old at Loyola, based off of what you know now, what advice would you give yourself? You know, that's a, that's a really good question, just thinking, gosh, nine, you know, it's like, God, what, <laughs> 19 years old, you know, you're in college, you're, you're having fun, now I'm not at this age thinking back. I think I would say a number of things to 19-year-old Christy. I think one thing is that success, well, for me, and I think a lot of people may need to realize this, it's not always a straight line. Mm-hmm. You know, we grow up thinking that a lot of times we have to, you know, achieve things in a, you know, kind of linear fashion, like a checklist. You know, first I'm going to go to college, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do that. And that's supposed to make us happy. Right. But I think sometimes you think about A, B, and C, you may achieve A, but then out of nowhere, here comes the opportunity for you to do C. Mm-hmm. And that can throw us. You know, people can get confused, may not want to pursue something that you didn't think about. So just kind of, I would tell her, be open to what life will bring your way. And I know we're on a podcast about preventing procrastination, but think about what I'm going to, what I'm about to say. I would also tell her to not rush, Mm. to not delay things, but not rush. Mm -hmm. You know, there are going to be times that, of course, are difficult, but sometimes stopping, as they say, to smell the roses, you know, um, just to let life kind of guide her, i.e. me, to where she needs to be. Because I think, you know, I, I did, you know, did pursue a lot of educational pursuits, which I think are great, and I don't regret any of them, but a lot of times just thinking, okay, what's next? 
what do I have to do next, you know, to, to get this on the checkbox and do this? But, you know, it's all going to work out. Mm. It's going to work out. And you don't have to have everything answered. Yeah, that, that's very, that, that's great. I'm glad you shared that because a lot of times you, when you get to a point, you look back and see how everything connected, you know, how, how all the dots connected themselves. But when you're in the moment, it's hard to see that. And, you and start. sometimes the experiences that I really did not like, that I thought I would, actually were the best learning opportunities. Because, you know, I always knew I was going to go to law school. You know, I did work in the government. When I first moved to D.C., I worked in the government for four years and working with a lot of attorneys. I had, had already had my master's degree. And when I went back to law school, I thought I wanted to do corporate law. You know, I spent a summer kind of doing the law thing in New York, and I really didn't like it. I did not. You know, and I could tell you from a couple months, I mean, of course, yes, they wine and dine you. You know, it's, it's the promise of money. But I was just like, day to day, this cannot be me you know and I think that you know you, you learn a lot sometimes by just kind of experiencing new things and knowing what you don't like it's okay to say no <laughs> you know mm. I think a lot of times we're conditioned like we have to you know take all these opportunities and say yes to them but it's okay to say no sometimes absolutely absolutely so you're the you're this high-powered attorney and public policy strategist Talk to us about how you pivoted. Like, how did you, since you're the pivoter, right. <laughs> how did you pivot? Well, yeah, I feel like you on a t-shirt now. Um, <laughs> the pivotress. <laughs> pivotress. Pivotress. But um, how I pivoted to um, to doing what, what I'm currently doing, and it kind of piggybacks a little bit on the discussion you all had at the beginning of the podcast. For me, I did not leave and have not left my daytime job. Uh -huh. You know, I still, you know, and, and I, you know, high-powered, I appreciate the compliment, Eric. I don't know if I'm high-powered. You know, <laughs> most of my legal and policy work has been on behalf of the public good. So I work at national, I work at nonprofits, you know, which I enjoy. It gives me something to smile about at the end of the day. But for me, I also knew I needed more. Because, you know, let's just be honest, not all the time as an African-American, an African-American woman, we're going to get the praise or the kudos that we're that we're seeking at work, we're just not. Yes. So for me, you know, it's not that about the praise or just the enjoyment. I I needed to do something that where I could look back and say, oh, this is great. You, know, I, I'm I'm so invested in this. I really love it. And for me, it was the writing, the personal stuff, like the personal writing. You know, write, I would I started out writing articles, mm -hmm. and, it, and it were frequent, like Washington Parent. I ended up kind of um, connecting with the editor, and I wrote an article about um, what it's like to raise an only child. I'm an only child, and my daughter most likely will be an only child, and there's a lot of stereotypes about only children I wanted to dispel. So just kind of some longer articles. Um, for CNN, I wrote an article on hospice um, after a personal family experience with that. I once wanted to raise just wanted people to understand. A lot of people are scared of hospice for them to understand what it really is. So I would try to find ways when time allowed to write because I knew I wanted to write about other things than what I was writing about at work. And um, I'd find I'd kind of craft, you know, craft a little bit of time here and there. So that's kind of how I pivoted. I started out just doing little, little things. And then it just got to be more and more saying, okay, I've written these articles. What's next? So that that's kind of how I've been pivoting in my personal life, you know, kind of like okay, doing little bit of little bitty things, and then then what's next eventually became the book. Hmm. 
and, and it's a children's book. So just curious, I mean, you, you've written for CNN and the Washington Informer. What was it that inspired you to write a children's book? Three words. Her name is Harper Alexis Reed, my daughter. <laughs> my daughter right uh -huh. there. Um, she, she's, I call her my muse because I, and I'll back up a little bit. It wasn't my wildest dream to even write a book. It wasn't. Um, I just think, you know, and for me, I just think back about a support system and people who know my talents. And sometimes the people around you can dream bigger dreams than you can dream. Huh. Mm. I remember talking to a mentor who now is really, he's become my friend, and now she's Harper's godmother. So we've taken this relationship the full 360. And I was actually between jobs. You know, thinking about my next move, and I was saying, I kept saying, I want to write. What should I do? You know, you know, I want to write another op-ed. You know, and she just looked at me very calmly, like like nothing, and said, "Write a book." <laughs> and I did that, like what? Like, literally, probably that's what you're talking about. I said, I've never, I don't know what this entails. She said, just, she's like, I know people who've done it. She's like, I can give you somebody's name. Just, just write. Literally, it's just that minor conversation, you know, it was a big conversation, but just those few little words that I just started to think about. And then I started to think about, okay, what am I going to write about? So, I mean, I always usually write about things that are happening in my life, you know. So I thought about that point, I, you know, was raising a toddler. That was dominating my life, her activities every day, the things my husband and I were trying, the values we were trying to impart to her. So I literally just started observing, you know, of course you observe your child, but really observing and thinking about how could, maybe I could write something surrounding her. And around that time, you know, we're just beginning to teach her to have, you know, develop a, a, a strong nighttime routine. You know, she was four at the time thinking about, okay, well, let's talk at the end of the day. What happened today? What did you learn? Well, what can you be thankful for? You know, teaching her, okay, well, we're going to pray together. So just thinking about those routines and how I could craft a story around it. And I also wanted to write something that that ultimately, even though she was this four, that I knew would also make her proud one day. Mm. You know, this is something my mom did, you know, for me, you know, creating a legacy for my child. It was just, you know, one book, but I see more, more than that. But really, But really it was just a conversation with a extremely supportive friend and you know also others as I started telling them my, my dreams but um my daughter was the kind of the source of the the source of the story hmm so I mean and you have I mean I would have to imagine being an attorney is pretty demanding on your time and your mental energies so what did you do to carve out the time to write a book I and it sounds, you know, it sounds kind of trite, but I, I made the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the things that you really love, you will find the time. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in addition to, you know, working and also raising her, I would just, I cut out just little chunks of time, little small increments where I would write. And also, you know, the beauty of it, you know, um, I know so much more now about the book business than I did then. I was in a bubble. I was really naive. I didn't. You know, who's to say anything if it was get published? You know, I was—I mean, I self-published, but who's to say anyone was going to like it? I didn't, I didn't even look to see if anyone had written anything about thankfulness. I just literally old school, sometimes just took a pencil, and I would write a couple lines a day. You know, and, and for me, it, it took more so me thinking of how to write something that would appeal 
two little ones because mm-hmm. I'm used to writing a lot of words. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of refining and making the story shorter, you know, less words. But I would just write here and there, you know, um, but I would create. I'd make the time. It was enjoyable for me, so it wasn't something that I didn't want to do. I looked forward to doing it. I was like, oh, I've got a free hour here, hour and a half. Okay, I'm just going to sit down and just do it. Because I really think if it's something that you're passionate about, you'll find the time. Mm. You know, I think you'll find because. For me, the goal was I wanted I wanted to accomplish this. You know, I said a book. I said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna explore this. What you know, this is something new. It's a learning experience. But I literally just kind of made the time. So, the, how how long did it take you from start to finish? You got the idea to write the book to when you actually finished and were ready to start publishing. Let's see. Um, now, it, it, the writing didn't take long. Um, you know, because it's not that many words per page, maybe like a month or two. What actually took longer was the illustration process, you know, um, and that's when I, you know, scared maybe is the correct term. I'll say scared, but I was hoping to find an illustrator because that's the thing you have to find. With children's books, it's truly about the illustrations because children love to see something that they're visually excited about. Mm-hmm. You could have the best story. But if your pictures don't look good, mm. kids they're not gonna want are not gonna want to read the book. Mm. And I was very lucky in that I was able to connect with actually an award winning illustrator, um, who is fabulous. Um, so it it took a little bit longer, more it took months for us to kind of and not not say, you know, a lot of time, but it did take some time for us to kind of decide on the look of the book. I sent him countless pictures, you know, because the cover is myself, my husband, and my daughter. So I wanted it to look as lifelike as it could. So I took pictures of her room, and a lot of the scenes in the book, they're from our house. Mm. So I would, you know, and then he would send me sketches to look at. And actually, you know, the words had been done a long time ago, but it was get, fitting the right imagery with the, with the words. So I don't know, maybe maybe start to finish, a year, a little something, maybe, we got a year and some change, maybe, yeah. But okay. it was, it was, it was fun to me. You know, I that's why I probably, you know, a lot of times when things are hard, people, you know, don't want to think about it. But it was, it was a fun process. So I mean, you kind of touched on this, but I really want to emphasize it because some, a lot of people I work with and. We, we, we try to get them to pursue their goal or dream, and they always say, I, I just don't have time. I'm too busy. I, I know, yeah, I want to write a children's book, Christy, but I don't have time. Well, what advice do you have for that person? The advice I would have is you have time. And they would probably shake their head. I'm like, but you do. You know, I'd want to I'd say, what's stopping you? Mm. You know, because sometimes it's fear. Mm-hmm. I can't do it, but I'm like, but you can do it. Even if I tell somebody, if even if it's five minutes, mm-hmm. ten minutes, put something down. If it's a thought, you know, I used to carry a little notebook with me because I never knew when I was going to have a thought about the book yes. or a scrap of paper. Keep it in my purse, or I keep something near my bed. If I woke up saying, "Oh, wait a minute, this is what I want to, this is what I want to have in the story," mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a long. It doesn't have to be this long. You know, I need to sit for two hours. That that'll probably drive people away. You know, but no, you, I really think, again, if someone is passionate about something, they will make the time. And I think sometimes just a gentle nudge, a word of, you know, a positive word can help somebody. Like I said, sometimes people around you have bigger dreams than you do. Is this, they're made to say, somebody say, you know what, you've got a book 
in you. You've got that story, just bring it to life. Absolutely. Now, I was just, just kind of flipping through the, the pages of the book, and it's really great. Like, I, you know, I started reading a couple pages, Christine, and I started getting into it. I had to put the book down. I was like, <laughs> You forgot for a moment yeah, you were on a podcast. I was on a podcast, <laughs> man. I, was, I just got kind of caught in this thing. But no, it's a, a really, uh, the, the illustrations are really, are really great, and uh, it's just a great read. So, uh, definitely a great, uh, great book. So, so, so Christine, let's. I'm sorry, go ahead. I appreciate it. I was just going to say, so uh, the book is titled Harper Counts Her Blessings. So who is the target audience and what will they get from reading it? I would say that the target audience, you know, it's a children's book, but I would almost say anyone who believes in gratitude and thankfulness. Mm. You know, it's a children's book, and I would say it's most appropriate for kids ages about three to seven. Mm -hmm. But I think all of us, even adults, sometimes we may need a refresher on why we need to practice being gra practice being grateful and thankful every day. That's one of the main concepts, you know, I'd like to see people take away from the book is that you can have these kind of family discussions. You can have them in the, you know, at night when people are getting ready to go to bed at the dinner table, but have them every day. What, what happened today? What are you thankful for? You know, but it really makes you kind of reflect on what has occurred because we get caught up in just the normal activities of the day, but stopping and thinking, what made today special? Mm. So I think anybody believes in just being thankful, they would enjoy the book. Now, is that something that you've always kind of understood, this idea that how important to be thankful, or that's something you've kind of learned over the years? How, do you, how did you get to that point? something that kind of I learned over the years and of course you know I I mean I definitely grew up hearing hearing about these concepts from my parents you know about you know thanking God for what you have always being thankful you know I was always the kid who you know get your Christmas presents or something my mom was pleased in the thank you card call you know call your aunt call your uncle thank them you know those kind of acts of gratitude and thankfulness but I think the more internal things have kind of developed over the years and um and it's made it i also being a parent has given me a different perspective on it it's something that i want to pass down to my daughter i want her i want her to her to feel like every day there's something special and also something a reason to look forward to the next day that there will be something positive that happens you know to you there, it might be something little but let's all let's always take a step back and think you know what what was good that happened to me today that I could learn from. But I, I would say just something that's kind of culminated over the years, but definitely um, having my daughters give me different perspective and something I want to instill in her. Yeah, I just think, I mean, that just the fact that the book is about counting your blessings and being thankful, I mean, I, I think that's a reason for everyone to get it. I mean, I, I was reading something not too long ago said that like 80% of a person's thoughts are negative. If you just think, if you wow. if you just sit back and get quiet and think about the things going through your head, look at it's, it's usually something negative, and I just think a good way to counteract that is what you're saying is to focus on your blessings and to be thankful. Yeah, that would and it definitely helps helps you to feel more positive mm -hmm. because you know I'm not saying every day is going to be great. No, there are going to be some horrible days. There are going to yeah. be some really bad ones, but there's always. I always say there's one little nugget. There's always a silver lining 
that can make you just reflect and say, okay, this made made it all worth it. So I just think it's, it's something, I think especially considering the times that we live in, mm. I think just kind of stepping back and saying, okay, this was one positive thing cause that happened. Because we're bombarded by so many negative things. You turn on the news, everything does have this really negative tone, but it's kind of stepping back and trying to be more positive can really help your outlook. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a great point with so much of the focus and the political climate and and then you turn on the Redskins and they right, lose. Right, right, right. There's nothing going, nothing's going right in the world. Right. I heard you say something potentially negative about the Chicago Bears. Now, I can't uh, have that. Uh, My husband is from Chicago. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't have that negativity about the Bears. Sorry. And neither, and neither about the Saints. I'm just, you know, just, those are my two teams. Well, the Saints yeah. just lost their quarterback. Yeah, he's out for six weeks, isn't he? Man, I, yeah, I just, I just heard, I just yeah. heard about that. Yeah. But I understand, you know, this is, this is you know, Redskins country. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, well, Christy, let me put a positive spin on it for you. Uh, I'm thinking your Bears are going to beat the Redskins next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's safe, okay. safe money. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty confident <laughs> about that. Okay. So uh, tell us about some of the upcoming events you've got going on. Right. It's, yeah, it's definitely going to be a – a busy season coming up. Um, this Sunday, as a matter of fact, I will be at Mount Zion Baptist Church in Arlington. I will be presenting my book um, at We, for Little Ones, We Worship. And um, I'll also be um, selling my book right after 10 o'clock service. All right. And then um, in, in October, I have a host of events. I will be at the East of the River Book Festival. The Fairfax County Library has an independent author celebration they've asked me to participate in. And I'll also be at the Richmond Book Lovers Festival in October. So the next couple of weeks will be hectic, but I look forward to each and every one of them. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's excellent. And I thought I saw on social media, weren't you in at a school in New Orleans doing a book reading not too long ago? Correct, yes. Actually, when I was uh, in... Back home, I'm not from New Orleans, but I went to you know went to undergrad there, so it's still home. When I was back home earlier this year, I did do a reading for the um, for the girls at the Academy of the Sacred Heart. I went to a Sacred Heart school, not that not that one, but I went to um, a sister school. But I was uh, felt great to go back and do a reading with the kids there. So yes, I've also done readings in Louisiana. So it's, for me, that's very personal because I want to not just, you know, I live here, I live in the D.C. area, but I also want to bring my message of gratitude and thankfulness back home for me where it all began. So to be welcomed back at, at the school was really great. Excellent. Excellent. So how can I, our listeners are now anxious. I mean, the way we've described the book and after some of the things you've said, they're, they're chomping at the bit to get a copy of your book. How, what's the best way for them to get a copy? I sure hope they're chopping at the bit. <laughs> they can definitely, one of the first places I tell people to go is my website. And it's simply the title of the book, www.harpercountsherblessings.com. And you can order the book there. Or if you're one of these Amazon Prime folks out there, which I know there are plenty of them, the book's on Amazon. You can also get it that way. Or you can also reach out to me personally on social media because I'm, I would love to personally 
sign a book, because I know people love to have the books personalized for their children, you can reach out to me via Instagram. You know, on Instagram, I'm Christy G. Reed. Reed is R-E-I-D. So there are a number of ways you can reach out to me. And also Facebook, Harper Counter Blessings Book. So you can find me a number of ways in order to learn more about me and the book. And also I encourage, I'd love, I love to do school visits. If there are any educators out there, please, I'd love to connect with you so I can arrange a school visit. Yeah, Christy, and, and for our listeners out there, I actually have a copy of Christy's book, and I have a six-year-old and I have a nine-year-old, and I've read it with both of them and kept their attention. They were able to, my wife and I, we give the kids the test about what the book was about, and they, they oh. were able to repeat back exactly what it's about. Uh, it, it's an excellent book, and I think I mean, a lot of the kids would really benefit from it. Thank you. See, it's those kind of statements that just makes me make me so happy. You know, I'm, I'm so happy that your kids that your kids liked it. Um, that's that's why I did this. You know, to bring to bring joy. You know, it, it it makes me happy. It makes kids happy. So, you know, let's see let's see what else. See, like I said, I feel very positive and happy about the future. And I know we're talking about procrastination. I know for me, I don't want to procrastinate. At some point, I have to also start uh, setting rules for myself because. I definitely want to do book book number two, so I'm going to have to follow those stop procrastination rules myself. <laughs> That's right. So do you, so do you think that the the next book will be another children's book or or is it? Kind I, of- I, I I do I do for right now I do think that would be that kind of the zone I'm in and what I what I enjoy. Um, I'm curious, you know, like to see where my mind will take me, what, what Harper's next adventure will be. But I do know at the core, but I definitely want my books to all have a positive theme, you know, something that is family-friendly, something that can teach and inspire. But I think for right now, because like I said, I write from a place of personal experiences, and now she's six. You know, there's a world difference between four and six. You know, I sometimes joke and say she's six going on 36, sometimes mm-hmm. with the stuff that she comes up with. But, yeah, I want to kind of stay in the kid in the kid realm. You know, I, I never say never to things, you know, in case I want to write like an opinion piece, that would probably be on um something a more adult topic. But um definitely right now liking the kids space. It, it's it's fun and, and the book you know, the book readings when you see their eyes and how, you know, you walk into a room, you know, the kids are like wondering who you are and you bond with them so quickly over a story. It's really been um a wonderful experience. So you you could do a Harper visits the thirty minute hour podcast, <laughs> and you know, I'd like to see Eric how we come out in in, in animation. I, you know, I looked at Christy's uh, Instagram page, and I guess her and her husband and, and Harper, and they did such a great job in this. So I'd like to see Eric how we look in uh, in an illustration. I'm, I'm very lucky that she hasn't, you know tried to come in and make an appearance on the pot, trust me, she would love to talk. I'm, I'm surprised she, she is um, cooperating. I did tell her, I said, Mommy's going to, you know, I told her the radio. Yeah. She's like, Mommy. No, actually, I use the word podcast. Kids these days are tech savvy. Mommy, you're going to be on a podcast? I'm not sure exactly what she That's thought right. a podcast was. She was extremely impressed, so I've That's impressed right. my child. There you go. So, no, she would... Um, yeah, there could be an, an animated special, Harper Visits the 30-Minute Hour. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so so do you have a vision for how big this can get? or like, Where do you see this going down the road? 
I mean, it's one thing, I mean, for me to think it, and it's another thing for me to say it. I mean, gosh, I mean, it could, I would love to see how how far we go. I mean, I always say, you know, the, the there's still a broadcast journalist in me, so I'm going to put it out there. If I can get on Good Morning America, I would be overjoyed. I want to meet Robin Roberts. I'm just saying it now in case she listens. Robin, Robin is from, he went to school in Louisiana. I feel like we have a lot in common. I want to be on national television talking about my book, but I also want to speak. You know, like you're talking about being a professional speaker, that's also something that's been in my head, something I want to do. I mean, because there's the book part of me, but also talking about just navigating, you know, your professional life. You know, there are things that women encounter. There's many facets of Christie I think I could, you know, talk about, but I I think there definitely there's more books. There's a book series. I, I told people in the beginning I could see a three-book set. It would make a perfect Christmas present, you know, but um, I've got a lot of dreams. I just have to I've got to put in the work to make it to make it happen. And another thing, I'm on a podcast. I'd love to have my own, you know. But people that know me probably laugh and think I'm so miss anti technology. But I'm going to have to force myself to learn it. I mean, maybe I can have the you know the wonderful gentleman behind the 30 minute hour to give me a tutorial. I'm just putting it out there. But um, I'd lo- love to learn the ins and outs of a podcast. But I think these kind of conversations, you know, in all honesty they're great to have because it's connecting with people. I think, you know, I, I love the ideas of a podcast, you know, because everyone now, we, you, it's not just people on television. You can have the social media element, and you can bring people together to discuss ideas that normally people haven't had an opportunity to do. So I've got a lot of things out, a lot of things I want to do. Well, anytime you'd like that tutorial, we'll, we'll gladly uh, tell you everything that, uh, that we know. Because I think the way we started was we just did it. <laughs> that's right. hey, Chrissy, we, we just pivoted. So. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, no formal training, no whole lot of research. We just kind of jumped into it and been learning as we uh, as we go. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I, that would be something I would think about doing, too. But, okay, I know other people have done it as well. So, oh, yeah. hey, great. All right. So, so we're about to go around the horn, and, and this is the part of the show where everyone gives their final thoughts. They want their listeners, they want the listeners to remember. So, Christy, what what are your final thoughts that you want to leave with the listener? To anyone that's listening, I would say, always remember to count your blessings. Yeah. I w- I'm always love to interact with people that are interested in my book and want to purchase my book. Please reach out to me via social media, my website. I would love to interact with you, and please don't hesitate to pick up a copy of Harper Counts Her Blessings. Count your blessings. Yes, that is the, that's what I want to leave that mantra with people. Because I say, you know, I haven't put it on any business cards, but I always say I'm trying to start a blessings revolution. Mm. Just think if everyone just took a minute to count their blessings. That would truly be a simple yet revolutionary idea. So that's something I'm trying to start. Excellent. Fantastic. Ted? Yeah, I think that's a that would be a great idea because so often we all kind of press the complain button. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, how you doing? Well, you know, I press the complain button and just talk about everything that's just not going so great versus pressing that blessing button, right? Right. Saying, hey, you know, the fact that I can even answer that question is a blessing uh, 
in itself. Oh yeah. You know, and so just counting your blessings is, is key. Um, the statement that you made of, <clears throat> and I was hoping that you'd come to me first, Eric, instead of going to yourself, because I made this note, and I saw you made this note about success is not always in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like that. Yeah. I like that because you, you think it kind of goes, you know, a certain way, and just the way that uh, Christy is, uh, you know, how she presented it is not always in a in a straight line. It's not how you, you know, you plan it or how others plan. I had a colleague of mine one time say to me, uh, everyone's journey is not your journey. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you're thinking it's supposed to go this way because it went this way for Eric or went this way right. for Sue. Yeah. You know, maybe you're supposed to go and, and complete that degree later in life. Right. Right? You know, maybe yep. you're supposed to start that business later in life, right? You know, it, you know those types of things, they don't necessarily have to go, you know, uh, in a straight line. So I thought that was uh, a really great, uh, great statement there. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's encouraging to know. Sometimes you can go backwards to move forward. Yeah. And everything yeah. works out the way it's supposed to. I think you just... You just have to have the confidence that everything's, everything's going to work out. Absolutely. You know, that's the key. And and so my, my around the horn is it's very easy to have a pity party. Mm. Things just start going wrong or, you know, someone tells you they're going to do, they're going to buy your product or buy your service or hire you to speak. And it yeah. doesn't, and it's easy to, to have a pity party. But you, I think it's clear that you always have to remember that no matter what you got going on, mm. there is somebody that would trade places with you in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, absolutely. They, they would love to be in your situation. Give me your hand that you got dealt. Exactly. Right? That. Yeah. They would be overjoyed to be in your situation. See, absolutely. I think you just always have to maintain that perspective, and that's what's so great about Christie's book. Yeah. Is, and then if the young people can get that perspective at an early age yeah. and keep it, they'll yeah. tell them what they can accomplish. Well, she was talking about the target age. I was thinking you might want to stretch that target age to, <laughs> to, to past 50. Yeah, right? I thought the target age was like 49. <laughs> right, right, like right, right. No, I mean, because so many of us need to, you know, definitely count our, count our blessings. And like you said, to kind of get out of our own, like you said, the pity part. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, well, this has been a, an excellent episode of the 30-Minute Hour. As you know, that this isn't your everyday podcast. No, it's not. Not your everyday podcast. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram by typing in the 30-Minute Hour. And then, Christy, before we sign off, please give everyone your website one more time. My pleasure, www harpercountsherblessings.com Excellent. You know, I just want to say one thing. Totally different subject. Totally different you know, subject. You know, we were talking about uh, a couple weeks ago about the whole going viral with the chicken sandwich. Uh-huh. I heard that they still they still don't have any more chicken sandwiches. They don't. And I, I actually saw something the other day I thought was really funny where I guess they were saying something about taking the, the nuggets and bringing your own bun. <laughs> I don't know if that was real or was that just a joke. But it was like, yeah, bring your own bun. So, I mean, so what do you have people like coming there with Wonder Bread? <laughs> with roll, mom's rolls or whatever. I'm going to get a chicken sandwich one way or the one other. One way or the other. So, I just thought that was pretty funny. Not that it has anything to do with pivoting or any of that, but I just thought I should share. You, you pivoted to the chicken.
<laughs> That's right. Maybe maybe it's because I'm hungry, Christy. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm from Louisiana, so Popeye's is always number one to me. So I did stand in line to get a sandwich. So what I only s- had it one time, and as soon as I got it, it disappeared. So it was like it was magical. So I heard about this bun thing, and I'm still confused about it. So 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 what do you, what do you think about the the, the chicken sandwich? I haven't. Have you had it? Eric? I did. Oh, you had it as well, so you held out. I thought we were going to go together and get the chicken sandwich. No, so I had it. So, <laughs> so I was to check this out. Though. I was going to get another one because I, I got the mild version. Okay. I wanted to take everybody's oh. talking about everybody's talking about the spicy version. Yeah. So I, I, I get I pivot to go to get and the line is short. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I'm yeah. going to get this sandwich That's and right. they, and they're out. Oh man. It's sold out. So you had to get the mouth. Oh wow! No, everything was out. Oh, you didn't get to try either one. No, I, I tried it, but I was going to get another one. I, <laughs> I tried the mild, but I was going to try the spicy. They didn't have any sandwiches at all. Oh man! Well, count your blessings. You at least got to have the mild one. I didn't have that one. Christy, what do you think about it? <laughs> well, I count my blessings that I had the spicy one. But yeah. where I went, they completely ran out of French fries, which was bizarre. Yeah. So I just had to make do with the regular size. But I. It was. Pre- I found it to be a pretty substantial sandwich. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was pretty full. I liked. I liked it. You know, I felt like I needed another one to fully give an opinion, <laughs> but I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Okay. Well, once they get some back, uh, I guess in November sometime, I guess I'll get a chance to try it. But I want to have be your thanksgiving, thanksgiving sandwich. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think they've hurt their momentum though by being out so long. No. No, I think those same folks are going to line up and get the chicken lined up again. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Christy, we're talking. We're going to do uh, an episode of the 30-minute hour uh, in line at Popeye's That's interviewing right. people. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Please invite me. I would enjoy that. Please invite me. <laughs> see, I, see, I think I think Christy is trying to get on our podcast. <laughs> Early on, she's she was... Might be trying. I think you need a female kind of mix it up. Male energy. I really think you need a woman's point of view on this show. I'm I'm just putting it out there. Well, are are you in the DC area? Yes, I'm in Alexandria. Oh, well, one day, yeah, come come on in, please. Yeah, let us know when you can come in, and if yeah, that would be that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. you put you put it out there. I will take you up on on this. I'm now, thinking from this. I now, mean, but no, it is. It's been truly wonderful experience. This has been very fun, and I really, I really appreciate the invitation to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll circle back with you. Let us know your schedule when you can come out, and uh, and we'll we'll definitely do that. Yes. Okay. So this concludes this week's episode of the Thirty Minute Hour, and until next time, have a great one. See ya.